Hey everyone, welcome to the audio version of the 100% Wild Podcast. And today we are talking digital deer scouting with our friend Jeff Lindsay. So stick around and enjoy. Welcome back to another episode of the 100% Wild Podcast. I'm Mark Kenyon with Wired to Hunt. I'm Matt Drury with Drury Outdoors. And today we've got a great guest again with us on Skype. Who do we got, Matt? We do. We have Jeff Lindsay. He's a longtime uh, friend and uh, practically family member. He was at one time a Drury Outdoors family member, and since then he has successfully launched his own TV show with his dad, Jeff, uh, called The Lindsay Way, and they're airing uh, on Sportsman's channel. So be sure to check them out because they're killing giant deer. That's one thing year after year. They always kill those giants. Oh, they do. Jeff, how's how's that been going, the new show? It's going good. You know, it's a lot of touch and go. you know, we, we had it made over at Drury Outdoors because all we had to do was worry about uh, shooting deer and, and killing deer and, you know, logging a little bit of footage and sending it in. And now it's a little more hands-on and we can see a little more of the business side of it. But it's it's, it's fun. It, it's We've been very blessed and, uh, you know, miss everyone over at Drury Outdoors, that's for sure. That's, that's been the toughest thing. But, um, you know, I don't want to say we're, we're, we're better friends now, but we, we talk a lot more and it's, it's kind of in a different format. So it's, it's a good thing. Um, yeah, you know, the, the good part that about way. it, we see each other enough, well, especially you guys and Mark, obviously being neighbors up there. So it's, <clears throat> you know, it, it's almost like not much has changed, you know, outside right. of there's a different platform you're on, and and uh, but still succeeding like you always had, still killing the, the you know, the footage is the the probably the biggest change. Like you guys, obviously we have a certain style, and your show's probably more. Um, more of that Heartland bow hunter DSLR style that really, you know, it's a beautiful cinematic look. And it's just, this is not kind of the, the way that we did it at Drury Outdoor. So it really allowed you guys to kind of spread your wings, so to speak, and, and produce the way you want to, you know? Right. Yeah. We tried to come in somewhere a little bit in between that. You know, we, we had what we did with Drury Outdoors, which was, you know, what the majority of people want to see, just hardcore deer hunting, you know, educational and, and in your face multiple camera angles, killing deer, and then you had the Heartland Bowhunter side, and those guys are, are doing the final editing for us on that. But we wanted to land somewhere in between and kind of have the, the Lindsay, the way, the way we do things and the way we film our hunts. And, and, and you know, that's, that's something that, you know, we didn't definitely didn't knock it out of the park the first season, but over the next couple of years, we, we know where we want to go with it. And it's, like I said, it's somewhere in between Heartland Bowhunter and somewhere in between Drury Outdoors, and we're just... So learning as we go there's a learning, a learning curve process. you know there's definitely a learning curve to it too i mean as you go you're going to find out <clears throat> the ins and outs of what you need to do to produce or overproduce or underproduce or just you know you'll find that sweet spot so to speak and you know at some point heck you might have your own editors because that makes a big difference when you have the ability to go in and make the change at any one time you know instead of the communication of having to ask somebody else to do it it just it's a big difference i mean so there's just an evolution to it so i'm curious i'm curious jeff um you mentioned last time we talked that i think you guys killed 23 or 24 animals on film last year i'm curious for 2017 um how are the prospects looking do you have do you have the one already picked out do you have one you're chasing yet yeah, I kind of have one. I, I got a deer called Sky High. I'm not going to call him my, my number one hit list buck because I did that last year and the deer died. So I, I'm really <laughs> nervous to put, put you know, kind of targets on these animals' backs. But we're still not at the major leagues. You know, 2000, 
2012 or 2009 through 2012, you know, we, all the, I mean, I'm not going to say all the Midwest, but certainly uh, Iowa was about as good as it's ever been. And then we had EHD hit in 2012, killed 70% of our herd. And um, it's just like every year we're coming back. And the last couple of years, I felt like we were, you know, in double A and triple A. We're still not back at the major leagues. And I don't feel like we're going to quite be there next year just because of the, the age structure still isn't where we want it to be. But we're getting close. Well, that's good to know that it's uh... – getting back in the right direction at least and and i know mark's talked about that too like he's he feels like he this year is going to be a a good year for them not i don't think you know not quite like bucktober or danger like i don't know that he's got anything like that lined up but it's hard to have something like that lined up every year right that's for sure the deer had to make it through ehd in 2012 to to be a shooter you know i think that's what we're seeing some of the the bigger deer that was killed this year, a lot of the deer that were at the Iowa Deer Classic and the, these various big buck expos, you know, they were five and a half this year. You know, it was the first year they kind of went into shooter status or really put on a lot of horns. And those deer were probably a year and a half old deer, you know, with, with four horns or a little six or eight point racks when EHD hit in 2012. So thus, they didn't have a lot of horn on their head, a lot of blood flow. They weren't affected by EHD. So like this year, this past fall, 2016, is where it's really going to start coming back. And I think... Uh, the next two years, as far as where we're at in Iowa, you know, our farm, Mark's farm, I think will will, will really be good overall. You know, you're not going to beat the season Mark had, you know, with the three over 170, 180, Five. whatever it was. But <laughs> overall, <laughs> overall, it'll be better. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, three in Iowa there. Yeah, five all, all together. It's like everywhere he went, right? <laughs> That's crazy. He could have shot one in the Walmart parking lot. Okay, yeah. Said, oh, kill it. <laughs> I swear, I just want him to come hunt the least to show me how to hunt. <laughs> no, but right. what would happen if he what comes? What would you do, Mark? If he came to your lease, though, and killed a booner, how bad would you feel bad about yourself that you've been hunting all these Not years? Not really, because Adam Wainwright did it two years ago. Can't feel any worse. <laughs> it can be done. <laughs> oh, yeah, it can be. I've been in those stands. <laughs> so. Man. Well,. What do you say we get to our listener-submitted question today? All right, this one's another voiceover one. Here we go. Have you ever hunted a property without walking at first, either in the current season or preseason? And if so, what methods do you use to remotely scout the property, and was it a success? So, Jeff, have you been in a situation just like that or something similar? I have. I have a lot. And, you know, 10 years ago, this would have been a lot tougher question, but now I have hunted those uh, new farms. I've hunted those stands and or, or decided where to put those stands and, and been able to kind of go in and scout from above, you know, definitely a bird's eye view. Awesome. Well, how, how are you doing that? Walk us through that process. <clears throat> well, I've used a, a variety of apps. Um, you know, I, I used to, to love that Whitetail Freaks app and then they kind of, that one kind of went away and then messed with HuntStand, Google Maps, the whole shebang. And now, uh, you know, months or so ago you know ben over at huntera launched his mobile map it's not really an app it's a mobile map of your farm and that's helped a ton you know because the biggest thing with with all the aerial views that i found and and i don't think i was looking in the right spot or it's not available but for me something that could track and see where i'm at and have a topo overlay because nothing if i'm going to go in on farm and lay out uh if i'm going to go and put up two or three stands to hunt that october or that november it's going to be based on the topo, you know, unless I'm able to put a food plot in. But but say there's no food plots on the property, there's no standing grain, there's no anything. I'm looking solely on topo, and 
that's the good thing about this, you know, this digital map is I'm able to go out and get, go right to those spots. I can see where I'm at on the map. I can see where the topo, I can see where the shelves, I can see where the benches are. I can see where the big saddles are. And that's where I'm going to put my stands starting out. So can you elaborate on that point? You mentioned a number of different, like, terrain features there. Um, can you explain what some of those are and why you would want to sit there? You know, like you mentioned a shelf. Like, what's what do you mean by a shelf? Why would you set a stand there? Some other examples like that for those that maybe aren't familiar with these words? Right, yeah. Um, growing up in the South, I always read about all these, um, you know, these particular terrain features that we're talking about. It didn't matter down there. Everything was flat, you know. Um, there, there were no inside corners. There were no saddles. But as I started to hunt in the Midwest, I started to learn about it. And the last three or four years, I've started hunting in, in Pike County, Illinois, uh, on the river, and that is bluff country. Terrain matters over there more than anything. The deer are really forced to go in certain places. But, you know, I like the big, the flats. If you can ever look on a topo map and find where the topo lines are real spread out in the timber, um, it seems like no matter if you're walking a farm for the first time or you're looking for sheds or turkey hunting, you always end up on that flat. That's just the way a lot of the terrain funnels you and so that that's a big deal to me inside corner you know inside edge of a field um deer are going to run if the wind's blowing in the woods they're going to run that inside corner i've had a lot of success there and saddles you know saddles are probably my my favorite thing when hunting the bluff country or hunting any hardwoods if you can just find a long kind of flat spot in a timber much like a you know a, a saddle on a horse's back and you can find where those deer are crossing and that's probably my my favorite feature out of all the the ones you know i mentioned yeah yeah it's amazing as you as you talked about like there's several different types of map kind of layers you can look at and if you piece all those things together you can then get an idea of what that property looks like pretty well without even ever having been there so you mentioned topo and just in case people don't know what that is that's those the topographic map shows the lines of elevation illustrated with actual lines spread out at varying different distances which indicate how much of a change in angle there is to that to that land yeah so you can see like you said you can see the saddles you can see the ridges you can see where it goes from the bottom way up high to a ridge or up to a flat and then you can get you know the aerial view again which you said like a you know different apps have that or if you want to get like your Huntera mobile map like you mentioned that's going to show the aerial view and uh, to that point, what is nice about that is it has not only the aerial and the topo, but then they also have that 3D shading, which mm-hmm. gives you that terrain image. And then it kind of makes that topo pop out. You can really see the ridges and different things. But no matter what tool you use to do it, you want to get those views. You want to be able to see all the different types of maps because, like you said, you almost want to envision how deer are going to use that land. And in many cases, you can almost predict exactly how deer will use land because they very commonly follow similar behavioral patterns. Lots of times deer want to cruise along a ridge. You know, during the rut, you're going to have bucks that want to cruise on that leeward side of the ridge about one-third of the way down, scent-checking stuff above it. Or lots of times you're going to find does or bucks bedded off a little points off of those ridges. Um, There's these common things that deer do that you can look at a map and say, I think just based on the fact that there's that knob off that ridge, there's a good chance there might be deer bed there. There's a good chance there might be deer bedded there. There's a good chance that that's the kind of place that would pinch deer down during the rut. And I don't know how you do it, Jeff, but for me, I look at these maps, and I, I try to find all these things, and I almost kind of circle them all. I'll say, okay, that looks like a bedding area, that looks like a bedding area, that looks like a bedding area, this looks like a pinch point. And then 
you can go in with a decent idea of like the core foundational elements, the food source, bedding, pinch, travel, and you can show up there to hunt and you know the basic building blocks of hunting strategy then. Mm-hmm. Of course, you have to ground truth it. You have to get out there and see if what you believe is to be the case on the map is actually the case in person. But I think you can show up with a great plan in place um, remarkably well with digital scouting like this. Well, I know, you know, just in, for instance, the Huntera map, <clears throat> it, not the digital version, but just the, the standard version that he makes. I got one that, you know, I literally look at it every day when I, before mm-hmm. I go hunting. I mean, I, I'm addicted to the thing almost. It's, it's just, it's such a clear, it gives you such a clear picture, you know, uh, when, when you figure out what the wind's going to be doing that day. I mean, you got all your options just laid out there right in front of you before you head out. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that map work is so important, whether yeah. it's a new property or not. Yeah. I mean, to your point, even a property that you've hunted for years. <laughs> I literally stare at that thing all the yeah. time. Me too. And it's remarkable. I just wrote an article about this recently that um, I think even when you hunt a property, and even more so when you hunt a property for a long time, we tend to get kind of stuck in a rut. We've always hunted it this way. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe when you started, yeah. you scouted it out and you looked at yeah. it, and then you set a few stands, but then you just keep hunting it that way because – You've had success there a couple times, or you've seen deer here a few times. And before you know it, you've been doing the same thing for 10 years or something. And sometimes, or this year in particular, what I'm trying to do is, like, zoom out. And, like, if I I didn't hunt this property at all, if I had no stands on this property right now, and I just looked at the map, and I scouted it as if it was a brand-new property, and then go do a walk and see if things, you know, take that information I do know, apply it, how would I hang my stands now if I didn't have any idea up? And what I started realizing is I would probably not have it here. I'd have it over there, and I probably would shift one over here. But you get kind of, well, there's already a tree here. It's close enough. You get lazy. You get lazy. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I had a situation, you know, basically the last 10 years that is uh, probably tougher than that because, uh, you know, over half of our farm that we own now in southern Iowa used to be Mark Jury's farm. So I was like, why would I go look for a new stand? This farm for ten years. Yeah. It, he had this stand here for a reason. He killed a one ninety in this stand. He yeah. killed a one seven in this stand. Why would I go move it? But you know, he didn't really have access to some of these digital maps. You know, yeah. 10, 15 years ago. So I try to look at it like you said, with with a new set of eyes, a fresh perspective. And so anytime I kill a a deer out of a stand that I hung on that farm, it, it, it's not that it makes me feel a little any better. It's just like okay, well, that was a new spot that Mark didn't have. But you know, he already had them fine tuned. So I. I, I always struggle with that, especially, you know, he's got a stand over here. Okay, this is where he kills guys. But I'm really <laughs> light, and, you know, that deer was giant. But I, I really like this spot, uh, you know, 100 yards down the ridge. Why would I go hunt over there? But so I try to I try to balance all that out. But based on what you just said, I struggle with that all the time. Well, and realistically, I mean, yes, movement is pretty consistent year year to year, but I mean, it does change, you know. Yeah, that's food source, new food plots, yeah. stuff like that, change things up. Yeah, so it's it, it's always, you know, handy just to have a fresh perspective on yeah. it. Yeah, and even even individual bucks, you know, every buck yeah. has a unique personality. And you're going to have, yeah, there are, like you said, annual type of things. Like deer almost always are going to use a certain ridge a certain way or stuff like that. But there's always going to be those unique quirks mm-hmm. for specific bucks. And if you're not willing to make those shifts when you need to because, eh, you think, I'm close enough. I think we miss out on a lot of opportunities because close enough usually isn't close enough when you're trying to mature, hunt uh, mature bucks. Especially with yeah. a bow in hand. Yeah. Get them within 40 yards. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. They're, they're lazy creatures. You know, you go look on a cattle farm and um, 
all the cows use three or four different trails going to their water tank and deer the same way you know they may not group up and use the same exact trails every day like a cow does but they're going to take the path of least resistance they are by nature lazy animals that are going to use terrain to their advantage so you know anytime you come across a a well-worn trail or you know they're going to hit that every year that's just that's how they're raised they've been doing it since they were fawns and that's the way they get to that field yeah yeah you know another thing when it comes to digital scouting that i'll mention this is especially important if you're still trying to find a place to hunt um or maybe if you do have a spot but you're relatively new to it um there's a lot of different resources online where you can get property owner information and property line information um Mm -hmm. so like when i'm trying to go in and find a new place to hunt one of the first things i do is i go find a map an aerial view of an area and i just start looking okay where does the good cover look you know where does it look like there's great cover where is there some good food where are there some of these properties that have those terrain features that might make this a more huntable area and then i'll go pull up the property information and figure out okay that square that really good stuff well that's owned by bob smith and this good section over there that's owned by matt drury figure all that stuff out and then you can show up there maybe and that's how you can start knowing who to talk to if you're trying to get permission or if you're trying to get a hold of someone to see if you can lease it um or those types of things you know when you don't have land let don't have land yet that's a great way to get the information you need to start down that path yeah and then you can then once you have your property then you start doing all the things we talked about getting fine-tuned details about where to hunt or where to hang your stands you know how to approach it how to access that's another important thing we haven't talked about if you ever look that up and you see the name jeff Lindsay, go <laughs> knock on his door and see what he says <laughs> haven't you come over and hunt <laughs> you know i gotta say yeah. if, if someone knocked on your door jeff or mark drury's door or something like that and asked permission you gotta give that guy like a handshake like yeah took, took some balls to do that <laughs> yeah kudos buddy yeah you're right <laughs> Yeah, not I'll, just, I'll just give yeah. him Matt's cell phone number. I call this guy. He's got a good spot in Missouri. He'll be glad. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, that's, that's funny. Um, now, what else? I mean, we've talked about – I mean, there's – I think one of the most helpful things when it comes to doing this kind of thing is you need to just see it. You need to see a map and have somebody show you, you know, this is what a ridge looks like on top of a map. This is what a saddle looks like. Sometimes it's hard to communicate that just mm. talking about it. Yeah. Um, so if, if you're not familiar with this type of scouting, it would be beneficial to friend, find a friend or look at, there's different YouTube videos like this where they show maps and they point out that's a knob, that's a point, that's a saddle, and um, just see how to read that. But I think once you've got that, you can, you can start moving. But even so, I mean, the way Google Earth is, it's so realistic, like the, you, the way you can kind of tilt it, you almost get a pretty good idea of, you know, almost all this stuff anymore. True, true. With that, with Google Earth yeah. or the Huntera terrain imagery, all yeah. of, they're getting better. Maps are getting better they now. Are. They can they can illustrate that in a way that's much more, I don't know, intuitive than looking at a topo map. Yeah. And even even with a regular topo map, once you kind of learn how to read it, I don't know. Have you guys ever seen those? There used to be these books when we were kids, and if you stare at it for long enough, the image like pops out in three D. Yeah. You know what I'm talking yeah. about. Well, I, when I look at a topo map, I can kind of like stare at it, and all of a sudden you see the terrain features kind of rise out if you look at them long enough. I always think the episode of Seinfeld, look, it stands in the bathroom. <laughs> he comes out with his shirt off because he was looking at one of those. <laughs> I'm a Seinfeld guy. <laughs> well, do we have anything else that you want to cover with this digital scouting piece, Jeff? Well, you know, we, we hit on Google Earth a little bit, but... There are instances, there are farms where I've been able to get on Google Earth, zoom in, and actually see deer trails. So anytime you can do that before you go on a property, I mean, that's huge. <laughs> I mean, that's it's almost a no-brainer. And, you, and 
if we'd have had this conversation 20 years ago, they're like, oh, yeah, there's no way we can do that. But it's scary to think where we're going to be in five or 10 years as far as, you know, digitally scouting farms. I mean, we're going to be looking at being able to look at real time spots and see where the deer are moving. Who knows? Yeah. Where's where's the limit on all this? Yeah, it's true. There's definitely a line. And, uh, you know, we are getting sometimes dangerously close to that. But uh, for now, I think we're safely in the realm of. It's maps, a, it's a, maps are a handy tool. Yeah, big time. So, you know, if you're not using them, check them out. It's not that there's so many free resources out there to, to try first, yep. you know, to kind of get your feet wet. But, um, you know, if you're a guy, especially like in your case, when, when you guys were still living down there in Georgia before you moved to Iowa, I mean, to be able to check something out digitally before you ever went up there, that'd be a hell of a tool to, you know, have at your disposal. Yeah, absolutely. And we, and we, you know, 10 years ago, we didn't have that, no. but we do now. And, you know, make sure on, on any app or mobile map that you get, get one where you can mark your spots. Cause I keep up with all my stands. Mm-hmm. I keep up with all my cameras and, and also have a different color icon that if I'm shed hunting or I'm scouting and it's a spot that I mark on my phone, uh, whether it's yellow, red or whatever caution sign, hang a new set here. I really look at hanging a new set here because it's so easy to forget if you walk you know, five miles in a day scouting, you, you're liable to find two or three or a handful of spots that need sheds. And I don't have the best memory in the world, but if you don't mark it, somehow you will forget it and you won't even know you forgot it until the next time you're there. So mark those spots. Even if you if you mark it with tape, there's a good chance you will never find it again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so. You'll forget it. for The, the next day you'll forget it. Yeah. It's just, you're, you're, when you're shed hunting and you're scouting, you're your brain is absorbing so much information from trees to trails to rubs to scrapes um, that you, you just have to document it somehow. You have to just kind of slow everything down, pull out your phone or your GPS, drop a pin, and say, I need to look in this a little, a little harder. And to your point, I mean, what you can then do when you start marking up a map, whether it be a physical map or something on your phone, you can start looking at that, looking at that big picture. Excuse me. And see all, all these different things kind of work together. You might see all of a sudden, oh, okay, I've seen, I saw a scrape here and a rub here and a rub here and a rub mm-hmm. here and all these yeah. different trails. And if you're just seeing it while you're walking around, you're like, okay, there's something, there's something. You never really get to see the comprehensive whole. But if you mark it on the map and then all of a sudden look at this, sit down and think about, okay, wow, look at these trends here. a rub line. <laughs> look at how here's a rub line. Look how all the deer trail seems to have funneled down this little area. I mean, you can start to see things. You can kind of see the pieces of the puzzle come together when you zoom out and look at it from the high level versus just on the ground one thing at a time. I think we miss out on a lot if you don't look at the big picture. Yeah, especially on scrapes and rubs, and you kind of start seeing how, if they're big rubs, how that deer is probably traveling to get from bedding area to, to feeding area, and you got to remember that next year because they're, they're going to run that same route. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well... I think I'm ready to go look at them. I, I stare at maps so much. Yeah. I, I bet you much. do as much as you travel. I, I, Mark does. I read his Facebook page. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm excited to look at maps right now. I, I've been obsessing over, you know, this deer Holyfield. Yeah. I've hunted him for three years. I've watched him so many times, looked at so many darn pictures, and still I'm like, what Where can I learn? Live? What more can I learn from this map? I don't know what else I could possibly do, but I'm staring at it just about every day. So. Just making changes to make changes at this point. Yeah, it might be. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Well, hopefully you get him this year. Hopefully, if we talk this time next year, we're talking about him. You're about to go pick him up from the tax service. Oh, I hope so. That'd be pretty Me too. awesome. Yeah. Well, Jeff, thank you so much for uh, for joining us. This is always fun. 
And uh, hopefully you'll have yep. some great stories to share with us too. You know he will, and David, and 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 the ladies too, because that's the thing. the The lady Lindsays are deadly. I've heard, I've seen. Yeah, <laughs> they are. They 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 choose first. Used to we said, okay, no, well, you have to shoot this deer or that deer, and we learned the hard way. Mother Nature, EHD, killed all our bucks and said, if you want to shoot it, you shoot it. We don't make those choices anymore. Yeah, that's so, good. It's fun yeah. for all. Good plan. It is. Awesome. Well, thank you, Jeff, and uh, good luck this coming season. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. See you, buddy. And to everyone out there listening and viewing, we've got our final little reminders for you. As usual, for the audio version, you can subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher or Google Play. And if you want to send in a question for future episodes, you know where to go. It's wiredtohunt.com slash 100% wild. As always, you can check us out on the Drury Outdoors YouTube channel, the video version of this podcast. Uh, while you're there, be sure to subscribe because we're doing a ton of new original content on DoD TV. And as always, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and DruryOutdoors.com. Thanks for joining us. Peace.